وسر رحمه الله العالمين نبينا وحبيبنا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم اما بعد اليوم 7 من شهر رمضان المبارك 1442 الموافق ل 19 من شهر ابريل 2021 باذن الله تعالى نواصل درسنا في هذا الكتاب المبارك كتاب الله عز وجل القران and uh, last uh, week we dealt with uh, Surah Al-Kahf and uh, we will continue with uh, uh, the Surah Al-Kahf inshallah until the end of Ramadan bi-idhnillahi tabarak wa ta'ala so uh, during the last uh, session we talk about narration about the cause and the reason why this Surah was given to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and uh, if you remember that uh, the Quraysh uh, they sent uh, two people, one of them is another Ibn al-Harith and Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ahid. They sent them to the people of Medina to ask them about the Prophet So they gave them the description of the Prophet so that they can relate this uh, description to the, the Ahbar of the Jew, the, the, the Jew in Medina. Uh, and to, to hear from them what, uh, what would they say concerning the Prophet and his affair. So uh, the reason why they have, I mean, they chose uh, the Jew because the Jew were given the books uh, long before uh, the Prophet ﷺ came. So they have some information about prophecy and the Nubuwa and the Risala. So that's the reason why they chose uh, them. So they sent these two entities and they, uh, they reached uh, Medina. Uh, so the Jew told them, you know, they told them, uh, when you go back to Mecca, Ask the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam about uh, three things. If he answer them correctly, he is a prophet. If he fail in answering them, then he is not a prophet. Uh, uh, so they said if he did not uh, answer you, that means he is a liar. He is not a prophet, he just creating words. And, and saying it without having any evidence uh, for that. And then uh, as such, you can decide what to do with him. Either to chase him away, to kill, or whatever you want to do. But this is our, our, our answer to your questions. So, uh, They asked them, ask, ask him about uh, the young people who left their people in the past, you know, there was a story of the young people who left their people and ran away uh, from them in preservation of their religion. Who are they? And do you have any information about, about them? Makan min amri. What is the affair? What really happened in that, in that case? So that's the first question about those young uh, people that Allah SWT is narrating this, their story here. Uh, uh, because they have a very interesting, you know, interesting uh, story attached to their case. Uh, and also ask him about uh, a person who is tawaf. Tawaf is like mobile, you know, goes to everywhere. You know, and he reaches the the, the the east part the eastern part of the earth and the western uh, part of the earth i mean he goes around the earth completely uh, is that uh, is there any news about this person 
And also ask him about the soul. What is the soul? What is it? If he tells you about that, then you follow him because he's a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If he fails to answer these questions, then he is not a prophet, he is a liar, then you should do whatever you want. So they left back to Quraysh. They went to Mecca. فَقَالَ يَا مَعْشَرَ قُرَيْشِ قَدْ جِئِنَاكُمْ بِفَصْلِ مَا بَيْنَكُمْ مَا بَيْنَ مُحَمَّدِ They said, they told them, we got an answer to your, your, your issue. We brought an answer from the Jew. قَدْ أَمَرَنَا أَحْبَارُ يَهُودِ أَنْ نَسْأَلَهُ عَنْ أُمُورِ فَأَخْبَرُوهُمْ بِهَا فَجَاءُوا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ فَقَالُوا يَا مُحَمَّدِ أَخْبِرْنَا فَسَالُوهُ so they went to the Quraysh and they told them that, Alhamdulillah, but they told them that we got what you're looking for and we got the solution to your problems. And the Jew told us uh, to ask him these questions. So they went to the Prophet and cast the question to the Prophet. So the Prophet wasallam told them, tomorrow I will give you the answer. Tomorrow I will give you the answer to these questions. So he did not say, insha'Allah. He did not say, insha'Allah. So they left, you know, uh, uh, hoping that tomorrow he will provide them with that which they're looking for. وَمَكَثَ رَسُولَ So he stayed 15 days without receiving anything from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Jibreel did not come to the Prophet in those 15 days. That was really too much for the Prophet يَوْمًا وَقَدْ أَصْبَحْنَا فِيهَا لَا يُخْبِرُ قَدْ أَصْبَحْنَا فِيهَا لَا يُخْبِرُنَا بِشَيْءٍ عَمَّا سَأَلْنَاهُ عَنْهُ They said, he told us uh, we should come back tomorrow. But today is day number 15. And we, we woke up, but the Prophet ﷺ is not giving us anything concerning that which we had asked him for. فأحزن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ذلك مكث الوحي عنه وشق عليه ما يتكلم به أهل مكة ثم جاءه جبريل من عند الله عز وجل بسورة الكهف. So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was very sad. He was very sad. No wahi is coming and people are talking in Mecca about the case that Prophet promised them and now he's not keeping his words and on and on. They talk so much. He broke his promise, he did this and that, you know. So the Prophet was very sad. So Allah sent Jibreel to him. Jibreel came to the Prophet and revealed to him Surah Al Kahf. And Fiha, Fiha, 
وقول الله عز وجل ويسالونك عن الروح قل الروح من امر ربي وما اوتيت من العلم الا الا قليلا so in that surah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blamed the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam for being in a state of uh, sadness because of these people you know they don't deserve the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to put himself into that situation so allah blamed him for that and also allah reminded him also a good reminder which we would be uh, mentioning inshallah in the future about saying inshallah when you decided to do things which are to be taking place in the future in the future you want to do something you should say inshallah because you don't know whether it happens uh, it will happen or it will not happen you will uh, live to see the future or you will not be able to live you don't know and as such you have to say inshallah and if you do say inshallah even if you swear by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you want to do something but you say inshallah you will not need to do the kafara you promise somebody to do something but you say inshallah you will not need to do that the kafara so Allah blamed the Prophet for these two things and also he revealed to him the, the solution and the answer to those questions. Talk about those young uh, brothers and also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talk about the second uh, question they ask about Dhulqarnayn which is the Rajul Tawaf. And the third question they ask uh, is about a Ruh. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the answer to this question in Surah 2. الإسراء الله سيس ويسألونك عن الروح قول الروح من أمر ربي وما أتيت من العلم إلا قليلا. and this issue of ruh is very interesting because it tells us that uh, there are things which it is always better for a human being to keep quiet just to submit to Allah سبحانه وتعالى. and it teaches us also how to focus on things that benefit us rather than going through things which are not beneficial to us. Question, if you focus and ask about the soul, you know, you want to know about the soul, how does that benefit your Iman? How does that grant you increase in Iman? How does that bring success to your life? So strong debate and long debate among the philosophers, the philosophers has been conducted in the past about the soul, what exactly it is. Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah says, the, the, the philosopher, when they refuse to submit to the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الرُّوحِ قُلِ الرُّوحُ مِنْ أَمْدِ رَبِّي فِي الرُّوحِ تَخَبُّطًا شَدِيدًا التَخَبُّط means to be uh, scattered, your opinion is scattered, you don't even know what you're talking about, you know. You are in a situation which, uh, uh, whereby you say everything that comes, you know, to your brain. Uh, some said it is a, uh, what you call is a blood. Some said there's substance inside the blood. Some said it's this and that. You know, so many things, you know. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it very easy for us. He says, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الرُّوحِ قُلِ الرُّوحِ مِنْ أَمْلِ رَبِّهِ وَمَا أُتِيتُ مِنْ أَمِلَّا Very simple answer and very simple approach. They ask you about ruh. قُلِ الرُّوحِ مِنْ أَمْلِ رَبِّهِ Tell them the issue of the soul is the affair of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in none of our business. We're not supposed to get involved in it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draw our attention on the fact that the knowledge we have is very little. The knowledge we have up to date, you know, some of us even claiming that they reached the moon, you know, and all of these things that we have heard a lot, you know. 
but all of this knowledge and with the advancement of the technology that we're having nowadays and what will happen also in the future we don't know if you look at the nature of uh, uh, the technology we're producing nowadays you you'll be confused what exactly are we going to you know in the past uh, quite amazing kind of life is going to take place in the past due to this advancement of the technology but up to the day of judgment whatever human being has in relation to the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ours is insignificant or it is like something which does not exist and my favorite uh, two examples that I always give to the people so that you can understand that yes we don't have knowledge yet you know uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let us know the history of the Prophet sallallahu why the angels they put him down and they removed the, the, the portion of shaitan from his heart Prophet sallallahu he saw them you know because this happened twice when he was young he saw them and he told the Alim al-Sa'diyah that uh, he saw two birds they came and they cut his chest you know he doesn't scream he doesn't feel anything you know he doesn't shout, you know. We are not told that they, they, they put some, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, some uh, medicine or drugs, you know, to stop him from feeling. How did they make it, you know? These are angels, they came. There's knowledge, Allah SWT granted them, they can do it. What exactly are they using? We don't, uh, we're not told about anything. They open the chest and they, they, they remove, uh, they bring out the heart, they remove it and they wash it and then they put it back you know after they feel it with iman subhanallah they removed that portion and threw it away and then they put it back also subhanallah how did they make it as knowledge from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, look at that uh, uh, case of Suleiman alayhi salam imagine that huge bed from uh, from where from yemen to be brought to where Suleiman exists palestine or wherever you know Imagine bringing that bed from that. Even with the aeroplane, you know, it, you, you, you take time to, to reach that place. But somebody brought it using the knowledge within the blink of an eye. You know, we don't reach this, you know, this kind of uh, knowledge, we don't get it, you know, whether we will get it or not. But this uh, the, the knowledge and the capacity of human being that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted some of us. I mean, the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not necessarily human being. They can do this. And all of these, Allah SWT said, is little, you know, you know, little. So if uh, things that are surrounding us, we are still trying to understand what exactly they are and how they function and how, what is that behavior and all of these. What makes us think that now it is the, the best time for us to reach the Ruah. So Allah SWT tells us that Ruah min amdi rabbi, it means don't go through this knowledge. Allah SWT is the only one who restricts this knowledge to him, to himself. So he's the only one who knows. So the Jew, they know this. If the Prophet SAW is to tell them some details, they might falsify his statement because they know, you know, that this is only for uh, the Prophet of Allah SWT and this knowledge is only known to Allah SWT and those whom Allah SWT can involve in it. So he says, قُلِ الْرُوحُ مِنْ أَمْدِ رَبِّ وَمَا أُوْتِيْتُ مِنَ الْأَمِيلَ قَلِيلًا So this is the cause according to the mention of uh, some scholars for the revelation of the surah that the Prophet ﷺ told them he will give them the answer to these questions uh, after the, 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 the Quraysh sent some people to the Jew you know, to get some information and the Prophet ﷺ promised them to give them the answer to the questions uh, when? 
tomorrow. And Allah SWT refused to send the divine revelation for two weeks. You know, the Prophet SAW would take the lesson on that. That whenever you do something, you should say, Insha'Allah. Sulaiman alayhi salam, uh, uh, he told himself one day that I am going to go around 100 wives. You know, he has 100 wives. He said he is going to, and, and by the way, the Christian, they will criticize Rasulullah for marrying nine, but for the Sulaiman, it's okay. Actually, they accept more than that. You know, they attributed to some of the prophets of Allah SWT 1,000 wives, and some of them 300 wives. The prophets of Allah SWT only nine. They talk so much and criticize his honor, and they can see me. Allah SWT guide them. So the prophets of Allah SWT mentioned that Sulaiman says he is going to go around uh, 100, you know, and, and the purpose of that is to have each and every one of them given birth of a child who will be fighting for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who will be defending the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَقَالَ لَهُ جَلِيسُهُ الْمَلَكِ You know, some narration, the one who sit with him amongst the angels, there was an angel who told him, you forgot to say inshallah. So he would say, he would say it, but then he forgot to say inshallah. And none of them was able to, pro, I mean, to bring a child except one. And that one also brought half of insan, you know, some part of human being. So he understands that this is fitna and a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive, to forgive him. So it's not good for a person to intend to do something in the future uh, without saying inshallah. Why is that? Simply because you don't own the future. You don't know whether it happens or not. A Bedouin says, I know Allah SWT does exist because so many times when I, I decided to do something, I planned to do something, but something will come and interfere and stop me from executing my plan. So I know after seeing this that there, there has to be somebody in control. And that's Allah SWT. وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ and that's a very good reminder for all of us actually when you, when you say inshallah you are reminding yourself that this life is controlled by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and whatever you do, if Allah does not let it happen, it will not happen. So when you say inshallah you are seeking the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to let it happen if it is beneficial uh, to you uh, indirectly. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us good. Qala Allah ta'ala فَلَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعُ النَّفْسَكَ عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ إِلَّمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَسَفَ إِنَّا جَعَلْنَا مَا عَلَىٰ الْأَرْضِ زِنَةً لَهَا لِنَبْلُوهُمْ أَيُّهُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا وَإِنَّا لَجَعِلُونَ مَا عَلَيْهَا صَعِيدًا جُلُوسًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعُ النَّفْسَكَ This is the first blame that I have mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blamed the Prophet for getting annoyed by the word and getting sad because of them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعُ النَّفْسَكَ You know, it looks like you're about to destroy yourself. بَاخِعُ النَّفْسَكَ means هَالِكُ النَّفْسَكَ You know, and to put yourself into trouble, into mahlaka. عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ عَلَىٰ فِرَاقِهِمْ Just because they separated from you or because you separated from them. You know, just because you leave them. So it looks like you, you worry so much, you know, about something that can cause you to stay away from them or they stay away from you. Or we put it in this way, You know, you uh, might be putting yourself into trouble, into destruction, just because they neglected you and they refused to accept your message. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, asafa." So out of the, the, the sadness and the worry, you might uh, be in a situation whereby you're almost losing your life. 
you know, you're so depressed because of them not accepting the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says no. Like what he told uh, one of the prophets, فَلَا تَعْسَعَلَ الْقَوْمِ الْكَافِرِينَ Waste your time and get angry, you know, and sad because of those uh, people who rejected Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when something happens to them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have done your part, which is to uh, advise them and to invite them to Islam. After that, if uh, they refuse to take Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, tell the Prophet don't put yourself in, in, in a state of sadness and depression just because you are rejected by those, by those people. They don't deserve that. Okay? So he's referring to their statement, he's referring to their rejection, and their, their statement also against the Prophet when the Wahi refused to come to the Prophet for, for two weeks. Allah says actually what deceived them is the 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 the, the I mean the, the, the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they have in this life, you know, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed so many things which are beautifying the earth. You know, they have uh, they, they have this kind of affluent life, you know, good life, you know, the dunya life, you know. This is what is distracting them. And it was supposed to be acting as a test. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He made this thing that are on the earth, you know, He made things that are on the earth, you know, as adornment for the earth and, it, and, and matters of beautification and something that can, I mean, that is supposed to be used as a support for humankind to approach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But unfortunately, it distracts those people from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rather than bringing them closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this ayah suggests one of the main causes of their rejection, you know, of their rejection of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and whatever he, he brought to them. So this dunya that you see uh, is similar to illusion, you know. Yeah, similar to illusion. Whoever get distracted by it will lose the dunya and, and the akhirah. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, khasir dunya wal akhirah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, in the dunya hulwatun khadira. A dunya is, is like something sweet. You know, and green, you know. The Prophet said, This dunya is so sweet, you know, and so green, so beautiful, you know, it distracts easily. So the Prophet said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to grant you ability to, uh, uh, to, to, to be on earth after the nations before you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will move away others and bring you to replace them. So that he will see what exactly will be your attitude. Are you going to be like them? Or you're going to be somebody who is acting in the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants him to be, to be acting. And that's why the Prophet Sallallahu talks about the most uh, two destructive things for, uh, the, for the male. So he says, فَاتَّقُوا dunya." As for everyone, stay away from the dunya, وَاتَّقُوا nisa. And this one, for those of you who attended our class of Riyadh Salihin, we have already talked about this, you know, to avoid that kind of misinterpretation and accusation against Islam by the enemies of Islam, that Islam is belittling the woman, you know, putting a woman to, to look like evil. Prophet never said that. And whoever knows Islam will never open his mouth and say that. 
But the Prophet sallallahu is talking about the destruction that taking place, which all of us know, all of us know, with no doubt, every single person that is living in this life knows that people are using, uh, 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 I mean, uh, 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 what do you call, sisters to reach their goals. Wherever they cannot go, uh, they will use the sisters based on the way Allah SWT created them, which is attracted to the opposite agenda. So this one, we uh, don't need to dwell on it and talk about it. We all, we all know what uh, the enemies of Allah SWT are doing. So the first fitna that Bani Israel had in their life came through that. The first fitna of the Bani Israel, the Prophet said, came through that. And uh, this is one of the, the worst type of fitna that if a person gets involved in it, it will be very difficult for him to get out of it. And that's the reason why the Prophet asked all of us to put a lot of precautions, you know, male and female. And he says, To be in a place where there is nobody except you and a woman, or there is nobody except you and a man, you know, the Prophet says, Shaitan will be the, 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 the third one. The highest people, the highest people in terms of righteousness, you know, they got into uh, trouble when this fitna affected them. You know, they do not do what the criminals are looking for, but it remains, you know, a matter of a trouble for them. A big test Allah SWT tested them with. In a way, he said about some of them, he said, if not because of the fact that Allah SWT interferes, you know, and protect this person because of him being among the most righteous people in those days, you know, he will definitely get into trouble. So Allah SWT interferes and protects him. So the Prophet said we shouldn't do it because usually when somebody gets involved in this according to what we have heard from the history, destruction is going to take place. So this barrier should be maintained. Allah block all the means that can lead to zina and he opens the means that can lead to, to marriage. So hijab should be maintained for both brothers and sisters. Uh, we talk about hijab, we always focus on the sisters but we forgot the hijab of the brothers also. The brothers, although they don't wear the hijab, the scarf, the niqab, they didn't do that, but that part of their body, which is supposed to be aura, has to be properly covered. Otherwise, they will be sinning, you know, and they will be sinning. In the way you also get into trouble, they also get into trouble. It's, it just, it's as simple as this, you know. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us uh, good and success in life. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna ja'alna ma'alil-ardi zinatallaha. We make that which is on earth as zina for it. <coughs> as a test for us, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, He says, And we, we test you with khair and sharr. You know, sharr happens as a test. Khair happen, uh, happened as a test, you know. So these are all tests by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to see who is going to be the best in terms of his approach when he is approaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing that so that he will test us to see who will be perfecting his deed more than the other one. So Allah wants to see this competition taking place. Who is the best in terms of action? You know, quantity is not that much necessary. Quality is necessary all the time. Who is the most perfect in his action? Who is pleasing Allah subhanahu wa more than the other one? So dear brothers and sisters, this life is test. You will lie, is test. If you don't understand it like this, you will definitely get in trouble. You'll be depressed, you'll be sad from time to time, and you will not know what is going on. But if you understand it in the way it is, 
you know, which is nothing other than the test, you know, if light I'll let you succeed. So in every circumstance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to do something. In the state of prosperity, when you are tested by prosperity, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to be thankful, to be appreciative, you know, to appreciate that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing for you. That's when prosperity comes. And appreciation means to intensify, you know, uh, the amount of the deed and your righteousness, you know, to fix your relationship between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When it comes to the calamity, to be patient. Allah wants you to maximize your patience and not to complain against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to be happy with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted you and look for solution from Him, not from somebody else. Look for solution from who? From Him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa says a day will come. All of this beauty that you see on the earth, Allah subhanahu wa is going to take it away. The place will remain, you know, after being green, Allah subhanahu will take everything off. You know, a place which is 100% uh, neglected. So Sa'id, no tree on it. No, uh, no, no, no plantations, no grasses, no anything on uh, on the place. So a day will come, Allah Subhanahu will make it, will make it in this in this way. Yeah, Allah Subhanahu grant is good. So this is the dunya, and Allah Subhanahu Taala will describe the dunya in a more detailed way. You know, after the story of those two brothers. You know, you remember the, one of them is rich and the other one is poor. Very interesting sto story and very interesting introduction Allah SWT made before this story so that you can have your stands before listening to the story. Where are you supposed to be uh, affiliating to? With the righteous people or with the, with the evildoers? قَالَ أَمْ حَسِبْتَ أَنَّ أَصْحَابَ الْكَافِ وَالرَّقِيمِ كَانُوا مِنْ آتِنَا عَجَبَ إِذْ أَوَى الْفِتْيَةِ إِلَى الْكَافِ إِذْ أَوَى الْفِتْيَةُ إِلَى الْكَافِ فَقَالُوا رَبَّنَا آتِنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةٍ وَهَيِّئْ لَنَا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا رَشَدًا فَضَرَبْنَا عَلَى آذَانِهِمْ فِي الْكَافِ سِنِينَ عَدَدًا ثُمَّ بَعَثْنَاهُمْ لِنَعْلَمْ أَيُّ الْحِزْبَيْنِ أَحْصَى لِمَا لَبِثُوا أَمَدًا So this is the beginning of the story of uh, the people of Kahf, the people of the cave. And in this ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala summarized the story for us. You know, talk about it in a very brief way. And the later Allah SWT will give us the detail and then make a conclusion. Okay. Allah says, Am hasibda anna ashab al-kafi kanu min ayatina ajaba. Allah SWT was talking to the Prophet وسلم, asking him, Do you think that the story of the people of Kahf and also al-Raqib, we will know what is the Raqib, inshallah, in the near future, do you think that the story of these entities uh, I mean, is the most amazing example we have. You know, we have a lot of things which are so amazing. You know, not only this, we have so many things that are so amazing, much more amazing than than uh, uh, than, than, than these uh, uh, stories of the people of, of the calf. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is telling the Prophet Sallallahu this is actually nothing in comparison to other affairs of ours. We have so many things which are. Uh, uh, carrying the miraculous nature, you know, so amazing which a person should ponder and think about. Such as what? The creation of the heavens and the earth. SubhanAllah. The creation of the heavens and the earth is far greater than the creation of human beings. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَخَلْقُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ أَكْبَرُ مِنْ خَلْقِ النَّاسِ وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ 
Allah says the creation of the heavens and the earth is far greater than the creation of humankind. But unfortunately, the vast majority of the people are not aware of this. Allah says in Surah Al-Nazi'at, أَأَنْتُمْ أَشَدُّ خَلْقًا أَمِ السَّمَاءِ بَنَاهَا رَفَعَ سَمْكَهَا فَسَوَّاهَا وَأَقْضَشَ لَيْلَهَا وَأَخْرَجَ ذُحَاهَا وَالْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ تَحَاهَا So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked this uh, question, أَأَنْتُمْ أَشَدُّ خَلْقًا أَمِ السَّمَاءِ Were you greater and stronger in terms of creation or the heaven? Which one is bigger? Your creation or the creation of the heavens? The answer is already known to everyone who is within his consciousness that the creation of the heavens and the earth is far greater than our creation. So Allah SWT knows that everyone knows the answer and we believe in this. No. Whoever denies it, it will be arrogantly, uh, he will be arrogantly denying this. He will have no evidence for that denial. So Allah that's why he tells us banaha, even the heavens also, he built it, he himself. He's the one who created it, subhanAllah. So if you already agree that the creation of the heavens is far greater than yours, even the heavens itself also is built or created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you have the exchange between the day and the night, you know, as greater than what you have heard of the issue of the people of Kaf. You have Tashir Shamsu wal Qamar wal Kawakim and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted us a way to utilize, you know, to maximize the benefit from the sun and the and the and and uh, the moon, you know, and also the rest of the stars. You know, and you have other than this of the signs and the eye of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which are confirming that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ala kulli shay'in qadir. So Allah says to the Prophet do you think that this story of these people is the most amazing things? You know, we have, we don't have something that is more amazing than this. So the answer is, no, we do have a lot, you know, this is just one of them, you know, this is just one of them. So Al-Kahf, Al-Nasab Al-Kahf, Kanu Min Aitina Ajaba, Al-Kahf, this is a cave, okay, Al-Kahf is a cave. Uh, so it suggests that those people, they have some relationship with the cave. Warraqim, uh, you have a lot of interpretations uh, by uh, the Mufassirin. Some said Al-Raqim is the building where they are in. Some said this, some said that. But Ibn Jarir says, Wallahu alam, the closest opinion is the one that says Al-Raqim biman al something that uh, you wrote on it, you know. So uh, they said in front of the cave of those people that is a tablet that is something the banner the you know symbol where all the names of those people who are inside the cave were was written the names were, were written wallahu alam because these are all taken from uh, the children of Israel and you know that uh, the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam advises that i mean he allows us to narrate stories from them you know but he says we shouldn't trust and we shouldn't reject, you know. And those that are not supported by our religion, we remain neutral, you know. We don't tell them no and we don't tell them yes because you might reject something which is uh, authentic and confirmed by the Sharia and you might accept something which is rejected by the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as such, these uh, matters and issues which are not supported by our religion directly or indirectly, we're just supposed to uh, listen and benefit from them if it's beneficial and there is no contradiction to our religion but uh, we don't uh, testify, we don't say for sure it happened and we don't say for sure it did not, it did not happen. So that's the manhaj of al-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah in dealing with Israeliyat. Okay, Israeliyat means narrations from 
the Jews and the and the Christians. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِذْ أَوَى الْفِتْيَةُ إِلَى الْكَهْفِ فَقَالُوا رَبَّنَا آتِنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةً وَهَيِّئْ لَنَا مِنْ أَمْلِنَا رَشَدًا So uh, what happened to these, uh, these young boys? Allah says they left their people and they go to the kaf. They le left their people and went to, to the kaf. So they left their people because of what? Because of Tawheed. SubhanAllah, because of Tawheed. So they left, running away uh, to protect their religion. They reach a kaf, a cave. They get inside. So when they get inside, they ask Allah to protect them and to show mercy upon them and also to let them be guided, you know. And Allah to guide them to the right way and to, men, to help them maintain this uh, strength, you know, and the, and, and the power and the ability they have, which, um, I mean, caused them to go against the king and the people and isolate themselves from, from, uh, from, the, from the community in trying to protect their religion. Okay, I will talk about this, inshallah, a little bit more in the future. And then they ask Allah to grant them guidance, you know, to be with them, to protect, the, uh, to protect them and their religion. So, uh, So they were asking Allah to make their affairs the most successful one at the end of the day. Uh, and this is, in, uh, uh, this is equivalent to the saying of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam وَمَا قَضَيْتَ لَنَا مِنْ قَضَائِنْ فَجَعَلْ عَاقِبَتَهُ رُشْدًا The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to say Ya Allah, whatever decree you have prescribed for us let the end of this decree be good for us And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to say Allahumma ahsin aqibatana fil umuri kulliha wa ajirna min khizzi dunya wa adabi al-akhira He used to say Ya Allah Grant us a very good conclusion and ending in all of our affairs. In all of our affairs. So the Prophet used to make this dua, asking Allah to grant him uh, success and to perfect all of his righteousness, especially when it comes to the conclusion of those deeds. And Ya Allah, we ask you. We beg you to protect it from the khizi of the dunya, humiliation in this life, embarrassment in this life, being in a state of disgrace in this life, and also we ask you, Allah, to protect it from uh, to protect us from the punishment in in hell. So now we learn that there were a group of people who left their people, and uh, when they left their people, they ran away to a to a cave. And they get inside the cave and they ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect them. So what happened inside the cave? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We block their ears. That's why uh, they mentioned that the first thing that sleeps in you is your, your, your ears. Not the eyes first. The ears has to be blocked from receiving information and sound and then the eyes will, will follow automatically. That's why some, uh, they, they also mentioned that the first thing that wakes up in you is, is your ears. And that's why sometimes you might be in situations whereby you, you think you're sleeping, but you can, uh, uh, you can be with those people who are surrounding you. You hear what they, they are talking about. So Allah says, فَضَرَبْنَا عَلَىٰ آذَانِهِمْ فِي الْكَافِ سِنِينَ عَدَدًا 
ثم بعثناهم لنعلم اي الحزبين احصى لما لبثوا امدا الله سبحانه وتعالى says we block their ears you know and that, so they sleep i mean they sleep for quite long Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says 300 years, you know. That's not easy. They sleep 300 years on the ground. And you see the beautiful, uh, the beauty of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects his own people, subhanAllah. They are in the cave, they're technically dead, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is protecting them in that unique way that we will be discussing, inshallah, next, next class. So that you and I and everyone who is willing to approach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and please him will be motiva motivated, inshallah. So Allah says, فَذَرَبْنَا عَلَىٰ أَذَانِهِمْ فِي الْكَافِ سِنِينَ عَدَدًا ثُمَّ بَعَثْنَاهُمْ لِنَا عَلَىٰ مَأَيُّ الْحِزْبَيْنِ أَحْصَى لِمَا لَبِثُوا أَمَدًا And then Allah SWT says, we brought them back so that we will know who is that person will give the, the most accurate estimate uh, of estimation of the amount of the day they live, you know, either the, at the end of the time where they live, I mean, uh, uh, in that situation, or the amount of the time they spent on earth in that uh, situation. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, we brought them back to see who among the people who are surrounding them will give the right estimate. And also among themselves when they talk about their stay in that cave, how long have they been in that, in that place? Very amazing information because they lived there for 300 years, more than 300 years actually. But when we hear the response from them, first and also the response from the people and also the mistake that the people um, I mean did although you might say in their sharia that will be okay but in our sharia is absolutely wrong so all of these be in light Allah will be discussed when Allah wants to talk about the detail of this story next next week inshallah so as I said Allah started with uh, with the introduction to this story and then now Allah will follow it with the detail of this uh, story until until then so we didn't like Allah will be dealing with this uh, next week, inshallah. Barakallahu feekum. Jazakum Allah khairan. May Allah accept you and your Ramadan. And may Allah be with you wherever you are. Innahu bi kulli jameel and kafeel. Abdurrahman, ilaykal maik. Ameen. Allah khairan. Allah khairan. Allah khairan. Allah khairan. Allah khairan. Assalamu alaykum. It is giving blood. Do a needy person breaks fast? No, inshallah it doesn't. Uh, I will advise if you do it, do it at night. But, but if you just take the blood out of you and give it to somebody who needs it, inshallah it doesn't break the fast. Peace and light Allah. Inshallah. Okay, they, they, they are not. Even if you have 1,000 houses, 1,000 cars, they are not uh, zakat, uh, a zakatable item unless if you intend uh, uh, with them, you know, uh, 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 you know, trading. You know, if your intention is to, tr to, to trade them, to sell them and buy, you know, you make them like trading properties. You buy cars and sell cars, you buy houses and sell houses, yeah, then they are zakat. Zakatable, uh, you have to pay zakat in them. But other than that, you just buy cars and keep your money in that nature. You don't pay zakat on those assets and you don't pay zakat on their values also. There is a lecture I gave yesterday uh, and the day before yesterday. It's a series on the zakat. Uh, try to cover uh, whatever we can cover from A to Z about the zakat. For sure, 
when I say A to Z, there are a lot of issues which are not, uh, might not be covered, but at least the principles have been uh, given. And uh, inshallah, uh, Suhail will uh, update us once he gets it ready, inshallah. So it, will be, it might be beneficial for uh, those of you who are asking about zakat, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. Uh, question by Strashima. Assalamu alaikum. A simple question asked by Madhu, uh, can she put an object or a decoration of the Kaaba as a setup to encourage her young child to pray? As a, uh, I mean, to make Kaaba in, uh, in the house for the child? No, she shouldn't. She shouldn't. Yeah. She shouldn't. Uh, that spiritual approach is supposed to be maintained from childhood. Worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it might turn, the child might think that the Kaaba is the one that he's worshipping. Yeah, so let it, let him, uh, I mean, put his heart to the Qibla and connect his heart with uh, thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who is supposed to be worshipped alone. But don't have the objects and Kaaba and then put it in front of him. It might have a negative, uh, what do you call, connotation towards uh, the their understanding, yeah. It might be understanding that we're worshiping this uh, place. Mm. And Chef, is it okay if they, they have a place in the house with a bit decorated for people, uh, for them to pray, to encourage the children to pray? Like and they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Places of prayer, they should be, uh, you should avoid decoration, you know. It should be very plain and clean place. It should be clean and plain. You shouldn't have decoration in that place because uh, when you pray, you're supposed to stay away from any form of distraction. Hmm. Uh, for someone about the age of 60 plus who doesn't realize his life is a test and is not preparing for, the, for his death, how best? to give dawah to this person with wisdom uh, if gentleness didn't bring benefit to the person how can child and spouse help the person yeah as i always mentioned uh, sister Murni, the best is to focus on the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam ayat and the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu to remind uh, people because if you go and use your words they might not listen you know i mean if a younger person use his own words of wisdom, they might not listen. But if you attach it to the Prophet give them the reference for that. They will listen. You know, if they don't accept from him, they will accept from the Prophet May Allah grant us good and uh, grant us consciousness uh, uh, and help us to maintain our uh, manners and attitude until we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean the good ones. Uh, can a woman recite khatma of the Qur'an during her menstruation without touching the Qur'an? Can she what? Can she recite khatma of the Qur'an during her menstruation period without touching the Qur'an? Yes, 100% can. And uh, recommended actually. You shouldn't stay away from the Qur'an because of the menstruation. There is no evidence to support any opinion that says a sister cannot read Quran if she is in the state of menstruation. Uh, so she can read Quran at any moment she wants. 
and she can touch the Quran that is based on tafsir. Let's say you have the tafsir. Oh, nowadays, as I said, we don't need this. You know, by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have these uh, apps, you know, on the phones. Just open and touch. Even the full Quran, you can touch. Because we are not touching the Quran at all. <coughs> what is wrong is uh, to touch the Quran directly, the Arabic text. And this one is not applicable to a uh, sister, it's applicable to everyone. Everyone, anyone who doesn't have wudu cannot touch the Quran, the complete Quran or the Arabic text. You know, but if you have the tafsir, English tafsir, or as long as uh, other than Quran is more into that uh, tafsir, you know, the amount of the tafsir is more than the amount of the Quran, then it's okay for a sister to hold it and read. So as I said, nowadays, alhamdulillah, we have the solution uh, to this problem. Uh, let's use the apps, because in the, in the apps, you, you don't touch the, uh, the Quran, you're touching something else. You know? I'm sorry. So anyway, she can read Quran as much as she wish. She shouldn't stay away from the Quran because of that situation. Mm. No, there isn't. To my knowledge, there is no specific dua given to us by the Prophet They mentioned that Anas ibn Malik, when he finished Quran, uh, he finished the recitation of the Quran, he gathered his family and made dua. Uh, not specific dua. So if this is true, then uh, we can say one of the companions of the Prophet did that dua, but uh, is it the attitude of all of the companions or this is what he did and uh, what did that happen with the Prophet ﷺ? I never come across somebody who mentioned uh, this. You know. So that dua which is mentioned to be the dua of the Khatm al-Quran, I don't know where it does exist from the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Mm. But if you finish the recitation of the Quran, you can make dua. Whatever dua you want. This one is okay because recitation of the Quran is an act of worship and dua after an act of worship is good. Mm. But don't say it is sunnah to make dua. But you can just make it on your own. I finished the Quran, I want to read, I want to make dua. That's okay, inshallah. Uh, is it better for people to put Maweh at home with his family if he feels more comfortable and more joy, especially these days due to social distancing? Is it, uh, is it good to do what? To pray Taraweh uh, at home. Yeah, if you, don't, if you don't feel comfortable praying in the masjid, it's better for you to stay home, to stay and pray at home. Mm. If you let's say the masjid don't feel comfortable, uh, you go and pray the wajib and then Taraweh you pray at home. Mm. Question about the uh, regarding the zakat uh, is it uh, is a hotel business eligible for zakat? Is it what? Is a hotel business eligible for zakat? Uh, it depends on what a person is doing. If the hotel is a halal hotel, a person doesn't accommodate haram in the hotel, then uh, the money he gains is zakatable. If that money uh, stays with him for one year and the money reaches Nisab, he has to pay zakah for that. Mm. But if it is haram money, there is no zakah in haram money. Because the money also is not supposed to stay with him. He has to get rid of that money. Mm. Uh, question was, is it permissible to make da'a in congregation before Islam? 
uh, I, uh, I don't know any sunnah for this in dua in congregation and I will advise family and parents to teach their kids to know how to make dua by themselves alone you know if you ask them to make the dua before iftar by themselves you know that will be the best you know inshallah uh, training them on this matter is really good let them be familiar with making dua tell him it's a very good time for you to ask whatever you want, you know, ask Allah SWT anything. Let them train themselves. Uh, Dad, what should I ask? Uh, what do you want in this life? Yeah, I want this, I want that. Yes, I ask all of those ones. You know, how do I ask? And then, this is how we teach. Rather than somebody is making the dua and another person is saying, I mean, they will grow up not knowing how to make the dua. You know, they have to depend on uh, others such as scholars or students of knowledge or whoever is appointed to be making the dua on behalf of the rest. Yes, Subrahman. If a person opts out from uh, being part of the dua in a gathering, will he be creating fitna or should he just be part uh, of the The best, if you, are, if you are there during the iftar and they are making the dua, you make your dua alone. Uh, but then, then stay away and leave the place. Uh, the only time you leave places is when you know that, yes, this is innovation. When they attribute it to the Prophet and claim that this is the deed, this is what Sharia asked them to do, and you know that it has no place, uh, then you stay away from it. You have to stay away from it. Mm. Wala karama. Yeah. A question by Sister Aisha. Uh, is it better to give charity during the day while fasting or at night? Uh, inshallah, uh, both are okay. Doing ibadah during fasting is, 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 is better than ibadah after you finish the fast. But both are okay. The point is to give charity in Ramadan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, question by About the decoration part that you mentioned, uh, what will you comment about the attitude of some people who live in Ramadan by decorating? parts of their houses with lights and other stuff? I don't know about it. If they, they are just happy, you know, making their house look nice, I don't know anything to, to, to reject it. Unless if uh, it is an imitation uh, for uh, some of the religious practices of others, then a person should, should avoid it, you know. But making your house clean, neat, when Ramadan comes out of happiness, I don't see anything wrong with that, inshallah. And the point is not to say that this is religion. Uh, I mean, this is what you are required to do. And if you believe in that, then you have to provide evidence for this. Mm. But you just clean your house, you clean yourself out of happiness that this is Ramadan. You just do it just like that randomly. And I don't know. I don't see anything wrong with it. Wallahu alam. Mm. Uh, another question Mm. Uh, also, recitation of the Qur'an, should we do more of it in the daytime or at the night time? Uh, at night, for the recitation of the Qur'an is the best time. And uh, usually when you fast, and in the daytime you have some other activities. So I will say, just look into your uh, situation, your schedule. Where do you have more free time? Put your Qur'an in that time, you know. If you have free uh, more free time uh, in the daytime, then it's better to read Quran in the daytime. If you have at night, then it's better to move tonight. You know. Yeah. Uh, question is to know 
When a person prays uh, 11 rakat, I will advise him just to keep it like that. If he wants to pray more at the night, then he added two more rakat, make them long. As the Prophet used to pray sometimes, two more rakat after the witr. Uh, but don't go beyond 11. Yeah, it's better for you to choose what Rasulullah chose for himself. But if you pray 11 already in the masjid and you want to pray more, when you wake up, I will suggest two rakat, make them very long, as much as you wish. What if the Imam makes the witr kunut longer than it is from the Sunnah? Can one pray his witr separately in the mosque according to the Sunnah? Uh, the best is Abu Bakr to, to follow the Imam until the end. The best is to follow the Imam until the end. Imam Ahmad did not believe in the kunut, but when they asked him about Imam who is making the kunut, he said, uh, can we pray behind him? He said, yes. He said, Subhanallah, who can claim that he cannot pray behind Imam Shafi? So the best is when you go to the masjid, don't leave the masjid, just pray with them. Uh, if they are going beyond the limit in the qunut of the witr, uh, the best is to have somebody who can advise the Imam, please restrict yourself to that which is narrated uh, from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The, the 11 rakat are inclusive of the witr and the sunnah. Uh, is it? Yeah, four fard. I heard somebody saying four fard. Yeah, four fard. No, they're not. Uh, fard for the isha. Uh, the fard, if you're talking about the fard for the isha, uh, they, are, they are not included. These are separately. Uh, Witr means the Sunnah prayers you pray the 11 rakat after Isha, that's the Qiyamul Layl. Uh, so Witr means the 11 rakat you, uh, you, you pray without including the, the 4 rakat for the Isha. Barakallahu mm. feekum. Okay, Jazakumullah Khairan. Uh, that is one question, Abdurrahman. Should we take it, sir? Yeah. Sure. Uh, question was to Sahaba. If the Imam is praying the Taraweeh right after Isha, and a person intends the Sunnah of the Isha in the first two? If the Imam is praying Taraweeh? He stands up after Isha immediately to yeah. pray the Taraweeh. Mm. In the two rakat with the Imam, can we intend the Sunnah of Isha? It's better, uh, Sa'ada, to just pray with him. Yeah, they just go with him. Uh, he is praying Taraweeh, just pray the Taraweeh with him. After he finished all the Taraweeh, you can pray the Sunnah after Isha. You know, you can just mention the intention that these are the Sunnah after Isha. They mention in some of the justification they have given for the two rakat being prayed by the Prophet ﷺ after the Witr. They say this might be the two rakat he missed after Isha. He did not pray them, then he make them up. So the best is when you are in the masjid and the Imam started praying the, the Taraweeh, just join him in the Taraweeh uh, to pray the Taraweeh and then later on uh, make up the one you miss in the Isha, insha'Allah. Mm.
people, if the uh, person joins the jama'ah with the intention of praying the sunnah of Aisha, is that correct? Uh, join the jama'ah with the intention? Which jama'ah? The Taraweeh jama'ah. Uh, with the intention of praying the sunnah of Aisha? No. There is no problem with that, inshallah. Mm. There is no problem with so, that. So his two sunnah rakat of Aisha would be in jama'ah? Mm. With them, yeah. There's no problem with that. Although I just uh, prefer for him just to join the prayer that the Imam is doing because there is no necessity for him to make it in that way. Just to join them. Uh, contrary to the to the wajib, let's say he came to the masjid and he did not pray Isha and he found them praying the Sunnah prayers. He can join them to pray uh, his Isha. Uh, uh, they will pray two rakat and then he sit down and say salam and then I'm sorry, they pray two rakat, they sit down and say salam, but he stand up and pray uh, the two more rakats, and then he finish his isha, and then uh, join them, inshallah, in the rest of the qiyamul layl. Mm. I think it's clear now, inshallah. Okay, so if there is uh, no more question, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you good, and ease all of your affairs, and put barakah in your life, and accept your righteous deed. Don't forget, uh, keep on being patient and maximize the benefit in this month. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make you happy in both dunya and akhirah. Innahu bi kulli jameelin kafeel. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.